This year, last last um, last uh, couple of weeks ago, we talked about what all's happened in 2017. Uh, over 350 commitments to Jesus in Boomerang. We've, uh, you know, over seven cars that were given away in 2017. Over 919,000 uh, debt that's been erased now uh, in 2017. Uh, salaries increased in the lives of members and partners uh, over a hundred and twenty three thousand um, so it's it was a great year just lots and lots uh, healings miracles deliverance freedom given out and uh, you know this verse keeps coming to me in Psalm this is Psalms 126 you can just listen to it it said, when the Lord's brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. They said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. We are glad. I've been hearing all throughout the year people testifying when they saw what was going on in Boomerang this year. Man, the Lord has done great things for y'all. And uh, that was something that we talked about at the beginning of the year, that this should be a year like that uh, where our mouth is filled with, with laughter and joyful shouting, right? Joyful shouting. The Lord has done, amen. The Lord has done great things. And then to see that happen is awesome. And you want to say, okay, great. Now what does 2018 hold? Well, let me show you something. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18, are you the righteous of God? Yes. Yes. Yeah, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says you have been made the righteousness of God in him. That's who you are. You are the righteous people of God. Now, you can walk in that righteous, righteousness and you can increase the harvest of your righteousness, right? Just because you know Jesus doesn't mean that you're walking in all of it. So along with what God has given us, now we put on more Christ-likeness and we increase the harvest of our righteousness. And where does Jesus want to take you in your righteousness? He wants to take you right here. Verse 18, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter to the full day. The path of the righteous, the path of the righteous. Is that you? Yes. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. Now, this is an ongoing thing where every single day, every day of our life, we wake up. Have you ever woken up early in the morning and uh, like it wasn't one of those days where you were forced to wake up early, like you just woke up and you were well rested. And then all of a sudden the light started breaking from the dawn and it was beautiful. It was awesome. You ever had that? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, man, today's going to be a good day. Has anybody ever experienced that? 
That's what this verse is talking about, is that you wake up knowing, going into this new year, and going into every day for those who are the righteousness of God in Christ, which is you, and you can walk in more and more and increase the harvest of that righteousness. You can walk to the place where you wake up and all of a sudden it's like that dawn. Man, today's going to be a good day. Man, this year is going to be a good year. You can walk in that place. Brother Chris, good morning, good morning. You want to come up here? All right. <laughs> this, I welcome a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Chris and Michelle Cookhorn. They got, they got four, so they're, they're good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you. But our path is supposed to be like that every day. Now, let me ask you this question, because let's get real for a second. Has it felt like that? Has it always felt like the dawning of a new and exciting day? It hasn't. It hasn't felt like that. Praise God. We're not led by our feelings. Praise God. We're led by the spirit of God and not by our feelings. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. This is not who we are. You know, one of the things that it listen to this, it says here. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Until the full day. The path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter until the full day. In other words, the full day would be the sun when the sun is in all of its glory, in all of its majesty, the peak position in the sky where it is as bright as can be. Can you imagine you ever been in the middle of a summer day and the sun is out and I mean it's hitting everything. Now, you might not like heat and you might not like that heat that comes along with it. But just think about it from the perspective of light. Everything is lit. It's so bright. The path of the righteous is made to shine brighter and brighter until the full day. In other words, every day of your life should be brighter than the day before. Every year of your life should be brighter than the year before. Every one of them. Every one. And when I say that, some of you are going, yeah, amen, glory to God. And some of you are going, I don't know how that's going to happen. And that's okay. For a moment. Because you got to think about this. you got to think about why can he say this with confidence? And this is a promise that you and I can receive. Because Jesus sees everything and he still gave us this promise. Now it's up to us to go into this promise, apply hope and faith and love, and see that hope, hopeful promise manifested. In other words, we can just read over that and say, Good uh, Lord, that's a great verse. Amen. And then we can forget about it and we'll never see the manifestation. Or we can look at that and say, I think God knew what he was talking about. See, what holds us back so many times is when we hear a promise like that, what happens is we'll go into a place and all of a sudden we'll say, well, what about this? And what about that? And questions will start to come up. Questions. Well, how's this going to work out? 
A few weeks ago, uh, uh, we sat down and we were talking about some stuff and, and y'all had some questions about some stuff. Then all of a sudden, you just, we said, look, let's put some faith in God and we'll watch it all work out. And is it working out? Amen. And see, that's the way it works. You've got to say God and his character and nature, Jesus and his love and the price that he paid is greater than the questions, even if they look like they're unsolvable. I trust in him more than I trust in what the world presents to me. And I choose to put on faith intentionally with purpose. I choose to believe that God is still God no matter what questions come up. But see, when we look at a promise like this and it says, my steps get brighter and brighter. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I don't know how that's going to happen. We have to recognize that that is a part of the corrupted system of this earth that was ingrained in your flesh. And it should not have a right to stay there. I should look more at that promise and say, that's more true than what I see, than what I feel. And so, Lord, I, I choose to trust in you over what I see and feel. Amen. Now I want you to I want you to get a picture of something. Um, I, I need a smiley person. Who's, who's a smiley person today? Yeah. <laughs> All right, come here, come here, Judah. Come here. All right, this is Jesus. Sit up in that chair. Smile. Amen. <laughs> He's on the throne in heaven. On the throne in heaven, with having knowledge of everything, having knowledge of everything that you will ever face, having knowledge of all the things that you will ever go through, that will ever come across your path. One of the things that he said and that he wrote was 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape also. So that you will be able to endure it. In other words, you will not face a situation. Every situation carries with it the temptation to lose faith. So there's always a temptation to lose faith. That means that in every situation that you face, God is faithful. And He will not allow you, if you're facing something, you can go through it at the very least. The least you can escape it neutral. But God says in another part of Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14, He says, But God is always causing you to triumph in Christ. He's always leading you to triumph. So His plan for you is never to stay neutral, but to advance, to go bright and brighter and brighter. And what I want you to see is that no matter what the temptation is or what the situation is, Jesus sitting on his throne with all knowledge of everything made these statements. This word became flesh. He is the word. The word is him. And he was able to say from this position of authority, 
You'll never be tempted beyond what you're able. God is faithful. He said from this place, I'm always leading you to triumph. Now, did he know what he's talking about or not? Then you go back here into Proverbs and it says, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Now, who said that? Ultimately, the author of this promise is Jesus Christ. And I want you to see, do you see any worry or concern or questions on his face of whether or not this is going to come true? No. When you picture Jesus on that throne making this promise to you, do you think he had questions when he said it? No. The only variable is us that says, do we believe what he said or not? Because when you look at Jesus, he made a promise and he is true to his word. Every word that proceeds out of his mouth, it will accomplish what it was sent to do for somebody that will grab a hold of it and make it happen by faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. 2017 as a church, great year. Over 350 born again. People healed, filled, delivered, set free. Debt, 919, I think it's 919,300 plus debt supernaturally erased in the members and partners. The salary over 123,000 raised up. New building, new life groups, new studio for connection, new worship team. We talked about all this stuff a couple of weeks ago. What a great year. What is he doing? He's setting up a core of people to take this ministry into the future until Jesus comes back. That's what he's doing. If that's for a hundred years, he's establishing the foundation and the core in you to make this happen. And some of us can look at that and go, well, how can it get any better? Uh, It can get better because Jesus said the path will become brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. God just needs somebody that will grab a hold of some of his promises and say, Lord, I believe you over the questions. Over the doubts, over the fears. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I believe that it'll get brighter and brighter. I don't know how I can move out of this place, out of this hole that I've been in, but I believe in you to lead me to triumph. I don't know what I'm, if I can't handle this, but I believe in you, that with you, your faithfulness, you'll provide a way of escape. See, the question is not you. The question is, do you believe in him? Do you trust in him? And if a people, he says, the eyes of the Lord, let's go there. Uh, Second Chronicles 16, verse 9, I believe, might be First Chronicles. Second Chronicles 16.9, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Put it up in uh, King James, please. 
For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. In Daniel, it says that we were called to do exploits to those who know him. See, the question is, we really haven't taken the time to get to know him. And so when you hear a promise of the Lord, your mind immediately goes to the question more than it goes to knowledge of him. And then the exploits and the strong arm of God cannot be seen in our lives because we choose to be more intentional to ask the questions until instead of making the professions of faith and confess him. Instead of looking at him and saying, he knew what he was talking about. From the throne he had all knowledge and he's not worried. He's not concerned. The one thing that you're not going to see on the face of Jesus for your life is worry and concern over how it's going to turn out. He's already said it. The only thing that's a question in his mind, even though he knows this too, is what are you going to do with what you've been given? He's done everything in the cross and in the death, burial, and resurrection that he needs to do to empower us to move towards triumph. To empower us to move towards those things. To empower us to move towards brighter and brighter and brighter. And your question does not dethrone him. Your question should only push you to look deeper to him. Amen. Thank you, bro. Yes, sir. 2017 was a great year. But our steps are getting brighter yep. and brighter. The power of God will be released brighter and brighter. I just want to declare some things over you today. We read these a couple of weeks ago. What is upcoming in our lives? I want to say to you this in First uh, Peter chapter 2. And verse 9. You, Boomerang, members and partners of Boomerang, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. A holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Close your eyes right now and just receive this as the Lord talking to you because that's what he did in here. You. Yes, you are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a chosen race, a people for God's own possession. You're his. You have an identity. The identity that God has given to you is a holy nation, a chosen race. You're a choice and precious to him. You, yes, you, your choice and precious. 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. This is who you are. I don't care who you've been. I don't care who you've, where you've come from. I don't care if it was the right or the wrong side of the tracks that you grew up on. Today, you can make a choice to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen people for God's own possession. Today, you can choose to be that. The only question is whether or not you will take the word of the Lord and apply it to yourself. But today can be the marker where you step out of everything that the world had and step into the kingdom of God. Your identity changes, your life changes, and you start living like you have an eternal purpose. You start living like you have an eternal responsibility. You start living like you have an inter eternal inheritance. An inheritance from the Father that will not end. And it comes down to, will you accept it? But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him. Who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. For you, yes you, once were not a people. But now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is who you are. I don't care what the world tells you. I don't care what your emotions tell you. I don't care uh, what all of the challenges in your life tell you. God says, you're my people. You're chosen. You're royal. You're a priesthood. You're holy. You're my own possession. You are my own possession, the Father says. And I love you. And no matter where you came from or what side of the tracks, everything can change today if you will accept. Who you are in Jesus. And I do these things so that you may be able to proclaim the goodness of God for the rest of eternity. That's the purpose. Our purpose is not to go get a job and set about heading towards retirement. Our purpose is not that. Our purpose is to proclaim the good things of God. Our purpose is to be blessed to be a blessing because we are blessed just like faithful Abraham. That's our purpose. That's our purpose. Amen. That's the purpose of a chosen people. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. Is to take his goodness and declare it to the world. In the middle of that, there's an overflow and there's a residual that ends up staying in your life and it's blessed. Oh, 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 it is blessed. It says over in Timothy that if you are content and godly, it is a means of great gain. Why? Because there's a residual that you walk in when you actually put together the two things of being content 
and being and walking godly. You put those things together, it's a promise. There's great gain. In other words, God wants to give you the overflow and the abundance to do every good work. And it's not just so that you can all, it all passes through you. There's some that actually stays with you as well. There's giftings, there's callings, there's anointing, there's finances, there's healing, there's blessing. But all of that comes back to, we use it not only for ourselves, but to declare the goodness of God. The excellencies of Him. You are choice and precious. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2. Now it will come about in the last days that's these days the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. The mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. You can tell simply by looking around today at different churches that the mountain of the house of the Lord is not the chief mountain. It's not, it's not what it is right now. Not in people's eyes. But in the last days, it will be established as the chief mountain. That process, I believe, is happening right now. It will be established. People will know where their prosperity comes from. People will know where their life comes from. It's not their job. It's not their great financial planning. It's not the health that the doctors can bring. Their chief source, the chief mountain, is the Word of God. Is God Himself. It's founded on Him. And in the mountain of the house of the Lord, they will find their provision. This is what the Lord is establishing us to be. A mountain of the house of the Lord. One where people say, if I need something, that's where I go to. Because they have it. And not only that, but they'll have a desire for it. In these days, the Lord, I believe right now, He's establishing these places all over the earth that know about the goodness of God. They know how Jesus is not worried. They know how to manifest the healing and the miracles and the power and the finances and every promise of God. They know how to grab a hold of it, manifest it in this earth. And all of a sudden, what's going to happen is it's going to turn where there's a people that say, I can't get this anywhere else. In the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob that he may teach us concerning his ways, that we may walk in his paths. See, do you see the nations doing this yet? I don't see it yet. Not in manifestation. But what I do see 
is I see all the world's ways unraveling before our eyes. And there's a switch happening. There's a shift that's taking place. There's a shaking of the nations. And right now, there's a shift turning. And the answer will come out. People might not know it right now, but the answer will come out to them. It will be revealed in their heart that everything that I need is in the mountain of the house of the Lord. Everything I need is in the people of God. And I need to go there to learn those things. You have, not everybody will receive it, but you will see all nations start to stream to that place. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. We've had word after word after word about the abundance of rain coming to Boomerang. I believe we're on the cusp of that uh, happening right now. We're getting ready to go into 40-day fast as a church. And at the end of it, we're going to have a week-long revival. And I believe that will be the start of the stream, of the abundance of rain and the streams that are created from that. I also know uh, just by the Spirit that in the middle of all this and at the peak of this stuff about to happen, you've been challenged just with going to church. Just being here. You've been challenged. Do I even want to go? Why do you think that is? So that you won't be there when the stream happens. That you won't be there to receive and to support. That even in the midst of all the great stuff that's happening, it's amazing that we can go just a few weeks and forget how great God's been to us. And what we really forget is not that, but we forget who's on the throne and what his plan is. We forget the things that he's handed out to us. We forget about those things. And what we've got to do is we've got to be intentional and purpose in our heart to believe in the promise of God and by faith step into those things. Lord, there's a shift happening in your earth and we want to be a people, a house of God. A house where the things of God are manifested, not just uh, symptoms of God being here in the past, but the presence of God that where he can come and manifest his power and his glory, where he can manifest his goodness and his abundance. I want to be a people that can do that. But that takes a purposed and intentional heart to step into those things. It takes trust to believe that even though we have questions that would keep us from believing that every step can get brighter and brighter like his promise says, even though there may be questions and there may be details and facts, there's a truth that Jesus knew when he wrote that scripture that says it will be so. And there's a people that will stand up and grab a hold of that by faith and say, this is the world that we will overcome and we will overcome it by our faith. We won't let the world inject questions that will draw us away from the promises of God. But when all hell breaks loose, like we were talking about a few weeks ago, we will trust in him. And in, in that moment, even more than ever, we will be diligent to keep doing what we need to be doing. To not grow weary in well-doing. We will be diligent to do the things that God's told us to do. Not get lax because all of a sudden more questions have come up. 
But we will be the people that will press forward and break the mold of the earth. Break the conformity that the earth is trying to push people in. And we will break that mold and allow the word to transform us and take us into those places of brighter and brighter till the full day. That's what God's called this place to be. It doesn't just happen because one guy believes it. It happens because we believe in him. We believe him. And we purpose ourselves and we get intentional to press in. Even when our flesh is yelling and screaming, we will be diligent. Back in 1 Peter chapter 2. We read this at the beginning, but before we get to the place that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, before you get to that place, you got to read in context what it says. Therefore, putting aside all malice, and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. You know, we can read these, these names of stuff that we shouldn't do and we can say, well, we're not doing that. And I would say you're not doing that compared to the way the world does it. But are we not doing that compared to the way that Jesus does it? And that's a totally different question. And we can't answer that most of the time in the way that we would want to if we were standing in front of them. Do we have malintent? I, there was a situation, the Lord brought this up to me this week, I forgot about it. Have you ever been corrected on something and like it pissed you off? Anybody just thought, like it really got under your skin? Somebody corrected you and it just made you mad. I remember one time Nicole and I went to a service. This is funny, uh, Pastor Chris. This was at All Nations when they were still in, not at the not at the Rock Hill place, or not on the back side of the PTL property. So we were there, and a guy was praying over Nicole and I. And um, I grew up, you know, in a place that was pretty, pretty. Pretty well-founded, but still had enough religion, right? And I was sitting there, and uh, we walked up, and this guy was praying over us, and what he prayed over us, it was good and everything, and, and it, was, it, it was a good word for us. And then all of a sudden, like at the end of his prayers, like he threw this extra little thing on there, and when he throws this extra little thing, he goes, and you, and he pointed to me, he says, you got a problem with women. I'm like, I do. I do not. And it ticked me off because I had worked to release a problem with women like women in ministry was what the Lord was really talking to me about. And I was like, I do not. Man, it made me mad. He was, he was like, you got a problem with women. And, and I remember in that moment, I wanted to tell him, I do not. I don't know what you're talking about. You've missed it. You have missed it. Tell me I got a problem with women. 
And I, I sought the Holy Spirit right at that moment. And I said, I said, Lord, I, if I got a problem with women, I don't know it. He didn't answer that. And um, I said, what do you want me to do here? Do you want me to tell him he's wrong? You know, or tell him, let him know he missed it. And Lord said, just be quiet. Okay. That is not what I want to do, Jesus. <laughs> I don't want to be quiet. I think he's missed it. I think he's completely wrong. I think he's lost it. In this, everything else was good, but I think right here he's missed it. But the Lord said, be quiet. It's okay. That's humility. Yes, sir. He said, if he, if he is wrong, basically he let me know that if he is wrong, uh, it'll, you don't have to worry about it anyway. So, okay. Well, fast forward a few years, I found out I still did have a problem with women in ministry particular. I didn't know it. Why? Because there were things in the word I didn't even know yet. I had broken free from some of the problems of that. But here's this guy basically telling me that I got a problem. I completely disagreed with him. Completely. I, I thought, I have examined this and I have put that stuff away. I do not have a problem. And I wanted to tell him so, but the Holy Spirit says, be quiet. Why? Here's why. Because I didn't know what I didn't know. And that's what humility does. So many times, this has been the problem with the church, is that they think because they've showed up on Sunday for a little while, they got everything right. And all of a sudden, what is that? If that continues far enough, what does that turn into? Pride. Outside of love. Outside of God. So now, they think they're in God when they're actually outside of them. That's, in my terms, is the spirit of religion. We've all seen it. We've all fussed about it. And yet the truth of the matter is, we're probably all guilty of it. Probably more recently than we thought. But in order to step into the places of the brightness of God, where every step gets brighter and brighter, we have to constantly allow the Holy Spirit to shine the light of Jesus on us that penetrates every piece of us and that penetrates every piece of our being. And we have to be willing to be wrong. Even though we might know more about this than our co-worker, we have to be willing still to be wrong and let the Holy Spirit correct us. Here at this point, I'm a minister. I'm ministering the Word. I've dealt with this on, on the you know, women in ministry and stuff like that. And this is, I don't know, 2003, 2002, something like that. I've dealt with this by this time. But yet here's this joker moving by what he says of the Holy Spirit saying, you got a problem. And the Holy Spirit says, be quiet. I could not have uh, disagreed with him more. No, I don't. Praise God, I knew how to listen to the Holy Ghost. Because had I argued with him, I never would have accepted it. And I never would have moved to the truth that I actually did. I was completely oblivious to that fact. 
But humility put me into the place where I could actually stand up here, listen to what he said, say, okay, take it and let the Holy Spirit do with it what he wants. That seed was planted and eventually what happened was that seed came out and showed me some stuff in the word. And I found out, yes, I was wrong. So before we get to a, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that we are God's own possession. Before that, he says this, put aside all malice. Have you put aside all malintent, all bad intent? Probably you've put aside most of what you know about. But almost guaranteed the Holy Spirit, if you will let him shine the light, just like I let him shine the light on me, he'll show you more. You're probably racked with more malice than you're aware of. And that's an okay point because he hadn't brought it all up to you yet. But don't get into the place of hypocrisy and, and religion where you think that you have arrived. We haven't. We are a people made righteous by the great gift of God's grace. But the word says that his grace should move us to more and more holiness and to walk out godliness. Empowered by his grace. That grace is not there to give you a pass. That grace is there to empower you. To step it out and look like Jesus. To open up yourself and say, Lord, by your grace, you're not going to put me in a position that's too hard for me to handle. By your grace, show me what needs changing in me. Because I want my life to be brighter and brighter. And I want to be an asset to a church that will be a mountain of the house of God. Where people can come to it and they can be fully supplied, equipped, trained, raised up. I want to be a part of that. I don't want to be uh, just for myself. I want to be a part of somebody that's helping you advance. Advance the kingdom where you've placed me, where you've planted me. It doesn't just happen. We have to be intentional. And we can't just look at this and say, well, I don't have malintent for people. We have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit shine the light of Jesus and penetrate every aspect of our life. Lord, do I have malintent that I'm not even aware of? Almost assuredly for every one of us, including me. The answer is yes. Putting aside malice and all deceit. Lord, do we have something that we are deceived in? Almost assuredly, every one of us, yes. Okay, Lord, I humble myself. Help me see those areas. Help me see them. And when we humble ourselves like that, all of a sudden the word says that grace and greater grace is given to the humble. Put aside all malice and deceit and hypocrisy. Oh, I hate hypocrites. Certainly I don't have hypocrisy. Almost assuredly, every one of us. Yes. Recently, I talked to somebody and they're like, they're talking about their church, a church that's doing pretty decent stuff. And I was thinking, man, he could probably find all those same wrong things wrong with Boomerang as he is with, with the one he's talking about. Why? Because church is made up of people that don't have all their stuff together yet. And yet God uses us anyway. 
We're not a people who have arrived that when guests walk in the door, we're like, well, praise God, you, you finally found us. <laughs> We've been waiting on you for how, why did it take you so long to get here? No, 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 no. We're a people in the same boat. Growing up in Jesus. Laying aside all malice. Laying aside all, all hypocrisy and deceit. Laying aside all envy. And slander. Do we have envy and slander? Almost assuredly. Every one of us. Including me. It's a constant process of, of putting the flesh down. Empowered by the love and grace of God. To step into those areas. This is the real deal Christianity. And it's also the reason why so many churches are not full today. Because people don't want to hear. You got problems. They don't want to hear that. But the people that are humble enough to say, I recognize I probably got some problems. Probably some I don't even realize I got. They're the ones that grace can empower to step into a chosen race. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's very own possession. So I encourage you this morning to be the chosen race, the royal priesthood, the holy nation, God's very own possession that he's called you to be. Because that's who you are. Boomerang, that's who you are. And just because we may have malice and deceit and Slander and all that stuff still rolling around in there somewhere that we don't even know about doesn't disqualify you unless you give in to it and don't humble yourself to the light of God and the cleaning of the Holy Spirit by the word. That's the only way you step out of disqualification. It's amazing that God still wants us to be his chosen people, even while we had all that junk, even while we had the mess. And God says, come up out of the mess. I will empower you. I will give you your hand. And you can be the chosen race. Royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's own possession. Isaiah said this. This is us in the next few weeks and months. Now it will come about in that last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains. I, I believe this establishing is going to take place probably in the next few years. We probably won't see that in the next few months. But what we will see is the preparation so that we can be established as one of those houses that God will use. And that takes a proactive effort to get into the place of God by handing ourselves humbly into his plan and getting our flesh out of the way. To be intentional and purposed to go after him. The establishing of the mountain of the house of the Lord is in process. It's not done yet, but it's in process, I believe. But it'll be activated in places and in people whose heart 
is given over to him fully. Will that be you? Will that be us? Amen. Yes, it will. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Now it will come about in that last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. And many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us concerning his ways, that we may walk in his path. For the law will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Nations will stream into this place. You will be the light that people will see. In this place. You, your life will be the example of God's goodness. Hear that. This is prophetic. Your life will be the example of God's goodness that beckons, that is the beacon that beckons people. That's where you need to go. You need Jesus in your life. You need the power of God. You need His supply. You need His health. You need Him. In Him, we live and move and have our being. Your life will be the beacon. Your life will be the beacon. Your life will be the light. He said it later on in Isaiah. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Let's go there, Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Receive this for yourself. You can close your eyes and just receive it. God's talking to you. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will will rise upon you. And his glory will appear, his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. He's talking to you. Yes, you. Now we can amen this morning and then we can walk out and we can say, well, how can that be? I need healing in my body. I can't even function properly. Don't look at the question. Look at the promise and the character and nature of Jesus. Well, how can that be? I can't even pay my car bill. I can't even can't even buy groceries. Don't look at the question. Look at the promise and the character and nature of Jesus. He's not worried on their throne. And if he's not worried, we've got no right to be. Lord, we are in Jesus' name. We declare it. We decree it. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a people 
for God's own possession. To declare your greatness. To be a beacon of your glory. To be a mountain of the house of the Lord. For you. To beckon people to your light, Jesus. It's who we are. It's who we will be. And we will never let up. In Jesus' name. In 